We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another True Faith podcast with your host, Mark Corby. Delighted once again to be joined by Norman Riley. And we've got a very special guest for you today. Um, scorer of 39 goals and 83 appearances in all competitions for Newcastle United between 1991 and 1993. A player described by Biffa from NUFC.com, so blame him um, if he doesn't like this one, is a player's player, an honest player with lots of effort, deceivingly quick around the penalty box and an eye for goal. Not sure about that. Well, <laughs> with, with, with no further ado than David Kelly. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a great to see you. No problem, guys. Um, so, first of all, what brings you into Newcastle today? Uh, come up to go on the beer with uh, with my, my mate Martin and Chris yeah. uh, in the quarry in Whitley Bay, uh, and then obviously uh, we've got the Leicester game later on today. So, it, uh, John Beresford kindly invited me up to uh, to do the lounges. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, we'll tell what the best for us. We're trying to get him on one of these podcasts, aren't we? He's too uh, miserable, Bez, to do anything. <laughs> He's more expensive than me as well, Bez. <laughs> we'll come to that later. <laughs> but uh, look, David, it, it's going to be a little bit of a whistle-stop tour of your, uh, your time at Newcastle. But, um, you know, obviously you were you made your name at Warsaw. Um, I remember seeing you score, I think it was, uh, was it Watford in that bizarre cup game, fours each? Yeah, 4-4. Yeah, 4-4, I remember, yeah. you know, you, you made your name at Warsaw. Big move to West Ham. Didn't really work out for you there. You've, you'll you'll no. me admit that. Uh, what what exactly went wrong? Do you think at West Ham? Um, I think there was a, there was a, a, a mixture of a few things actually. Um, John Lyle had been there for quite a while. There was a, a a group of younger players, really good young players: Julian Dix, Stevie Potts, Paul Ince, Georgie Paris, and and um, and then there was an older uh, the older gang that Liam Brady's, Alvin Martins. Um, Alan Devonshire, and, and there was a split, really, I found. Um, and it just didn't work. It didn't work for me, um, you know, and I, I, spent, I spent a lot of time struggling for form, you know, not, not, playing, not playing well enough, not scoring. You know, and ultimately, I, I ended up getting sold to Leicester um, 18 months or so later. Um, but the only place, really, that I, I didn't really enjoy my football, and I think it was because, I, in my opinion, I thought the dressing room was a bit split. Yeah. So it was probably the worst experience of your career. It, well, it, it taught me an awful lot, yeah. I must admit. You were still um, young then, of course, 23, yeah. 24-ish. Yeah. Um, you know, it taught me an awful lot. It taught me a, a, about the politics of football clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was happy. I, I've, I've never been um, unhappy signing anywhere. I've always, I, was, I was happy to sign, and, and it, it, it did teach me an awful lot about, about the game. Mm-hmm. Then you moved on to uh, Leicester City, you know, that yeah. big club who obviously were played today. A uh, club I would imagine is close to your heart in, in some yeah, form. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, Really liked it there because um, 
David Pleat signed me. Pleater was a really good coach, knew the game, um, knew football, knew football players, obsessed with, with, with how to play. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed playing for him. And and the reason I liked it so much at Leicester was because I, I sort of I, I found my form. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd been stagnated really at West Ham. I hadn't, I hadn't played well, all of my own fault. Uh, I hadn't played well, I hadn't scored many goals. Um, you know, and I sort of, uh, I, I got back on, on the on the sort of score sheet really mm-hmm. for Leicester and really enjoyed the club. Mm-hmm. You scored a hat against Newcastle, remember that 5-4 <laughs> game, talk us through that, your memories scored, of that one. Yeah, I scored uh, I scored a few hat-tricks at different, <laughs> different places. Um, yeah, just bizarre. I think, it, 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 I've seen Ronaldo yesterday score his, yeah. score his hat-trick and, it, and it's it becomes a little bit of a blur because you score, then you score again and then you're absolutely obsessed mm-hmm. in getting the third one as a striker. And when I was at Leicester, Pleasy got the sack at, at Leicester. Brian Little came in, and Brian Little um, really, really enjoyed working for Brian. Really nice bloke. And we're two 0 up at home. I've got two, and I look over to the dugout, and it, and the number, my number nine's come up, and I'm thinking, what's he doing? He can't do that. He can't take me off. I'm on that trick here. So I'm in the middle of the pitch, and the referee's going, Ned, you've got to get off. I went, I ain't get going off. I've got, I've got two here. I've come. I'm on that trick. I said, the gaffer's lost the plot. What's mm-hmm. he doing? Anyway, he's p- pulling me over to say, come off. I'm saying, no, I'm staying on the pitch. I'm getting pushed by the referee to get off because he's subbing me. So I get off and I'm effing and jeffing at, at Brian. He's effing and jeffing at me. I walk straight down the tunnel, get in my car and drive home. 20 minutes left of the game. Right. Phones me up, Brian, a bit later. Club secretary, sorry, phones me up a little bit later. Ned, you've got to come in tomorrow morning, see, nine o'clock. <laughs> So I'm living in Essex right. to Leicester. So I've driven down to Essex and I've got to drive back up Sunday morning. I get on the, the car park. Brian pulls onto the car park. We both get out of our cars. And I went, Gaffer, what, what, what are you doing? And he went, Ned, he said, I was bringing you off. He said, the game was finished. He, he said, the game was absolutely finished. He said, I was just seeing the timeouts. He said, I just wanted you, because you played so well, I wanted to get you a, a clap from the crowd. <laughs> I went, I don't want a clap. I yeah. said, I wanted to get me action yeah. because I was on two goals. <laughs> so... He fined me a week's wages. Right. Oh, he did. He fined right. me a week's wages because basically I'd I'd sort of uh, I'd crossed the line really. Yeah, yeah. I stayed on, but yeah, yeah. So going back to the hat trick, yeah, yeah, that that becomes a sort of a little bit blurred because you yeah. you come obsessed with trying to get your third goal, and like when Brian bought me off and I was fuming because he he, he denied me the opportunity of getting a hat trick. Superb, superb. Yeah. I didn't, I, obviously didn't know that one, but Leicester did, did it not work out with Leicester towards the end? Were you um, out of favour again? Not. Not really. Well, Brian Brian had came in. Um, Pleaty had Pleaty got um, got sacked, and Brian had came in. And Brian was sort of changing the Brian team. Little ladders, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was changing the team a little bit, um, and he bought um, Colin Gordon. Yes, um, and he he preferred Colin to me. So mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was literally at the end of the. It was one of those again. Mm-hmm. Knock on the gaffer's door if I'm not going to be playing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a big enough boy. I know mm-hmm. I know the story. If you're going to put me as a substitute or be a substitute, I didn't want to do that. I was obsessed with playing for the first yeah. team. And as soon as I thought that my op- opportunities are going to be limited, mm-hmm. I'd just go and have a chat with the gaffer and say, listen, if I'm not going to play, you know, because you don't want players not wanting to play for you. If, you know, if, if I can't get in the team, I need to go somewhere else where I can get in the yeah. team. Yeah. You know, and Brian was really good. Um, and ironically, I had a conversation with Newcastle, Sunderland and the Wolves when I was leaving Leicester and madly I signed for all three of them 
in session afterwards. I was good. I was going to mention because you still. I think you're only turn, turn around about twenty six, and she was still for me. You're still a young man. Yeah. You're still a young man. And uh, how close were you to um, signing for Sunderland? And what was the decision why you didn't end up going there? Uh, my uncle Ronnie was the decision. Right. Yeah. Um. We bless him. He's uh, he's no longer with us, but he um. I phoned him up and says, you know, I'm Brian's going to sell me. I'm 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 going to go to speak to the Wolves and and Newcastle and uh, Sunderland. He said, you've got to go to Newcastle. He said, if you're a number nine at Newcastle and you score the goals, he said, you'll be remembered forever. And <laughs> ironically, 30 years later, that's what he said. Yeah. And it, it was it was a no-brainer. Ozzy was brilliant. Absolutely, really, really liked Ozzy. I thought he was fantastic. Um, you know, and he, he just went, right, that's the money. That's the contract. Let's go. That's did, a, so we did. There's a rumour that, our deal is the club were in dire straight at the time financially. They had the kind of off-the-field battles in terms of the John Hall attempted takeover. There was a lot of discontent on the terraces. Attendances were dipping. We knew as fans of the club were skint. We knew that. Um, and there's a rumour that our dealers initially put the cash up for your transfer. Is there any truth in that at all? <laughs> no idea. No idea. <laughs> Absolutely no Clark idea. Clarky talked with that one. Did he? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Yeah. Because um, apparently um, he put the money up because he was desperate for a striker. Because yeah. McQuinn was out. Um, That's the, right, Quinn, he was Steve injured. Out and Steve Howe, yeah, at that wasn't. point, he wasn't a centre-forward. I mean, yeah. he, he come there was a centre-forward, but it was clear that he wasn't. He yeah, obviously yeah. ended up becoming a fantastic centre-half, but the club was, I mean, speaking from a fan's perspective, watching the team, despite the fact you could identify with that side because it was full of Geordies, yeah. who weren't actually that much older than me at the time, you know what I mean? These were teenagers, I was yeah. a teenager. We Clark, were, Clark we were desperate. Watt, Steve Watson. Exactly, yeah. Alan Thompson, Robbie Elliott. Alan Nielsen. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And when, I mean, Lee Maker, there was loads of them, and when, but when yeah. you arrived... You arrived alongside Paul Burden, obviously, and as a fan, that was like one of those moments. You think, oh, thank, thank God, yeah. you know what I mean? Thank God. Um, so I just interesting that the Aussie thing, but uh, yeah, no, I've, I've it remains, never, never, remains never, to be discussed. Yeah, never heard we'll, that. We'll try and find never out. Heard that. We'll stalk them on Twitter. It's in Paul Bowden. I was at, um, watching Cheltenham a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. and Paul Bowden was there. Really? It's really weird to see him, yeah. Nice it's, to see him, because we signed at the same time. And, yeah. Well, he was on loan, wasn't he? But yeah. he, he didn't get... Uh, we didn't put the money up. No. Uh, well, we're skinned. I mean, just going to come to the next point. I mean, when you arrived, we were hovering around the relegation zone, um, playing kids, because there was no one else. And Ozzy just simply wasn't backed. Um, what was the feeling, like, what was your first impression of the dressing room, the lads? Like, I thought the lads were brilliant. It was, right. like, it was like going into a, into a madhouse. Um, the old, it was the old training ground. Um, Benwell? Bel Benwell. Yeah. It was the old training ground. It was, it was cold and it was... <laughs> <laughs> dark and dirty and messy but I just I just found that the dressing room was just really good because like you say about all of those kids that were in the team they were just happy to be playing football yeah. and they were they were most of them were, were Geordies and they just wanted to play for the team so there was an enthusiasm at the club you know Quinny Quinny was injured um, which is a massive massive miss at the time yeah. to, to any club because Quinny was such a good goal scorer yeah. Um you know, but I just found I just found that I fitted in straight away because I thought this is like a nut, nut, nut place. <laughs> you must have been like um, this like, is great, almost like a veteran from day one. Despite <laughs> I was, I was old man Ned, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At 20, 25, 26, mm -hmm. whatever I was, and all these kids are like just running around the training ground, brilliant. And and to be fair to Ozzy, he just he just wanted to play football, you know, and he was trying to play in that that expansive way of of, of keeping the ball on the floor and passing it around, and you know, it, it's. But results are results, aren't they? And yeah. as we all know, you know, the results don't come, you get the sack. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you, actually. Ordealers, <coughs> as a coach, had become known at Swindon for, for that style of football and they were brilliant Swindon that season that they, they went up and then got demoted because of the Lou Macari betting irregularities, interestingly enough. <laughs> oh, uh, you mentioned Lou yeah. Macari, haven't yeah. you? Um, and 
he comes to Newcastle and, you know, you, you can see it's almost like ideals for me. I look back and I think he's, he was like ahead of his time in terms of how he wanted to play football. And, and I'm wondering what he was like as a as a coach. And also, you mentioned the youngsters in the squad. It looked to me like there was maybe a lack of leadership there. You know, Ardila doesn't come across as the kind of man who's like got that kind of firmness that's needed in a relegation battle. Yeah, yeah possibly. Um, but Ozzy is a player, you know, no, he, exactly. was, he was a world-class player. He, in his day, he was in the top five, wasn't he? You know, he was he was brilliant. Um, you know, but the, the 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 sort of the immaturity of the the younger players in the team eventually sort of sort of worked. We, I know we, we stayed up, and it was it was late when we stayed up and stuff like that. But I think if he hadn't have got that, that the balance right between the the, um, the the training and the sort of discipline, I think he I think he did have a decent balance. But ultimately, if you haven't got enough players, and we didn't have enough quality players at the time. It was always going to be a struggle, Aye. you know, and hence Ozzy gets a sack and, and then King Kev comes in. Well, before we come to King Kev, um, did you ever feel that the you may have lost the support? I mean, I know you had only been there a couple of months at yeah. this point, but because my, my own memories is that the, the support was still always there because they wanted mm -hmm. the kids to Absolutely. do well. Yeah, because yeah. uh, they're their own, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and every football fan out there, you want somebody to come through um, the community into your football team and then be a star. You know, like Gascoigne. You know, absolutely. You you want the poor Gascoigne's to come through in your team. Well, I tell you, you know. for me, I, I remember you're talking about the support and the crowd there. One of the moments I remember under our dealers when we were really struggling, and you got the winner in this game, um, Bristol Rovers at home, yeah. and the, yeah. the, the support that day it felt immense. Despite, it almost felt like the the, the, the support has gave that much to the players. It kind of lift it lifted everyone, and that was one of those moments. You think actually, but maybe Arita. It didn't transpire ultimately because Ozzy got yeah, sacked. But yeah. that moment, as you say, it was a, it was a kind of key moment in terms of I the crowd hasn't gone yet. The crowd. I, hasn't think, I, I don't. I don't think that the the crowd at, at, at the Newcastle crowd can ever be criticised for not staying with the team. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's external problems and, and difficulties as there has been, as we know, over the last few years before the new owners have come in. Um, but the crowd never go away from the team. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever think. You know, I think the crowd are always with the team. Yeah, and and that was that was you know it was ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand. Um, so the gates were were, were very low. Yeah. Um, but the crowd never gave up on the team. I didn't think. Yeah, I think they were all, they they were always back to, always back the club. Well, I think I think it's testament that I was gutted when I found out all Diaz was sacked. This is a young support. I can't remember many people going. Yeah, he had to go. But then Kevin Keane comes in. I mean, we've talked about this for years, about how we felt Kevin Keane, because I've never seen him as a player. I was too young. Uh, so for him to come back, it was just to give everyone a huge lift. Talk us through it as a player, the dressing room. First of all, Ozzy going. Were you disappointed? And then Kevin Keane comes in. I was disappointed Ozzy had left. Um, but having been a, been a player for quite a few years, you get why he goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, know, you, you can understand that. It, it's... Results-driven business, as, as we all know, um, you know. So disappointed that he was leaving, um, but I re I seem to remember we heard that Kevin was going to come back. Nice. Some of the players heard that he was coming back, and it was like we're going to get Keegan. You know, Keegan, Keegan's coming. He's coming over from Spain. He's put his golf clubs away, <laughs> and he's and he's coming back. He's sort of coming yeah. in, and there was like a, a little bit of a buzz, really. That that was the talk, and Sir John, you know, bless him, he he'd got the vision. And when when he when he got Kevin in, and he went, we're going to be in the Champions League, and we're going to be in the Premier League in in twenty minutes. He actually believed it, and so did Kevin, and he sold it to Kevin. And you know, Kevin 
completely, eventually, completely changed changed the club for the better. Mm-hmm. He really did with with Sir John's help. Mm-hmm. But Kevin was absolutely brilliant. I really like, I love Kevin. Really good. He was a really good gaffer. You know, no tactics, just attack. Let's go. <laughs> Suited me down to the ground. Well, you certainly flourished under Keegan, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That. We'll, yeah. we'll go into that in more detail. But um, I, I, I think the first game, obviously Keegan's first game. I mean, it was a PR circus, wasn't it? I remember. It was just, Bedlam. It was, it, it was Bedlam. I mean, Bristol City. Like the this was on. It was on like national news. It was on like news at ten and ITV news. And, and you think, and this is a second division club at the bottom of the table. But Keegan was obviously that big, yeah. you know, world superstar as a player. He comes back in in this game for me. I mean, you know, you you scoring two goals, just everything about it was almost like the perfect age. Just what was that like in the, playing in that that atmosphere? Because you you've gone from struggling against relegation, still are obviously, but I guess from fourteen thousand to <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. uh, what, what yeah. was it like? It's it, it's weird because you you get to the ground uh, as players, you know, certain amount of time before before kick off, obviously, and you go from driving into the ground and actually just getting onto the car park and having absolutely no problems parking and all that sort of stuff, to the Bristol City game where it's rammed, the whole of Newcastle is rammed, the, the road system's blocked. Mm-hmm. So you're panicking then because you're... And this is like three or four hours before kickoff. So Kevin just brought in the, the, the party atmosphere and all of a sudden it was as if, as if the whole town had just you know woke, woken up and decided, right, we're having a party on Saturday. And everybody was in town. And I can remember driving... Um, from the house and thinking, I'm going to be late here. I'm never late for anything. And I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, I'm going to be late. There's that many people in the way. You can't get in. I couldn't get into the car park because there was thousands of people just like walking across. It, it was just bedlam. It was absolute bedlam. Perfect start though. Two goals for yeah, you. Three nil. Yeah. Great start, obviously, for, you know, for, for me. If, if you know, when a new manager comes in, all players want to impress the manager, the, the new manager, because it's a new start. And ultimately you're back on trial again. You know, so for for me to score two in the in his first game was was absolutely brilliant. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible. One of them standout games. I think we've talked about on numerous occasions. You know, the, just from start to finish. Yeah, um, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. The build up as well, and even people didn't want to go home after the game. It was just a, it was like a cup final for us. Okay. <laughs> we don't get them any. <laughs> yeah. I can remember Martin saying, me, "Me pal, saying ages and ages ago about going across to the strawberry and like staying in there until kicking out time." He says, and this was like on one game, Kevin's yeah. first game, yeah. and that had never happened all season mm-hmm. because the results were poor, the team were poor. You know, you don't stay in the pub all night if you if you're getting beat. Yeah, but true. Yeah. Well, the bandwagon started. Let's be honest, it was a bandwagon. I mm-hmm. started going to away games. The next game was Blackburn. We took the lead. You scored again, mm-hmm. um, and Blackburn were top of the league. They were spending big bucks, weren't they, at the time? But we took the league, got beat. But you know, Keegan had 16 games to really save us from disaster because yeah. we would have would have went in liquidation. Now, there is some key moments where we'll be picking them out, but the first one for me is um, the Sunderland game. Um, a goal you described, I remember, as spawny arse. <laughs> Can you remember that? Yeah. Um, but look, yeah. you, you nearly signed for Sunderland. You chose yeah. the same for Newcastle in the number nine shirt. Your uncle Ronnie was right, yeah. let's be honest. And that day, you, you probably did you know put a place in Newcastle fans' hearts that day. Talk us through Folklore. that game. Folklore. <laughs> Folklore. Yeah, it was... Um, was it paddling down with rain? Uh, it was. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was trying to think about it. If, if was it televised day. as well, the match? No, not that no, one. No, was it no. on following season? Following season. We're both yeah. pissing down with rain. Yeah. Yeah. Was it an early kickoff? It was. It was, ah. it was. Yeah, it was an early kickoff, yeah. Um, but it, you know, fortunate to, to, to score the goal, obviously. But um, you, you, you score certain goals in your career and you play in certain games in your career. And then when you, when you go off into the dressing room, you've, the hairs on the back of your neck are still standing up. Wow. 
and that was one of those type of games because it was that important for us, you know, in the in the the, the fight for survival. The result was that important that it was one of those sitting in the dressing room thinking, that's just a massive, massive game. That is that is a really, really important important uh, result, and and that's what it felt like. It just felt as if like you know, sort of there was that that sort of weight had sort of been lifted. Obviously, you go and play on the Tuesday and get beat, or the Saturday and get beat, or uh, or whatever, but. Yeah, it was a really, really pivotal moment in the in the season, and I think that that sort of helped with the survival effort. Yeah, just a quick point before I move on to the game. Um, we went on a losing streak after that game. I, run, yeah. I think everyone thought we we're going to be safe, but I think we lost five on the bounce. We did. Um, yeah, I went down to Derby, and when we got beat four one, that crazy game when uh, we had three sent off, four <laughs> um, one down. But what? What? A, I'm going to swear. What a fucking battle. On and off the pitch, yeah. the day, everyone was so proud. And I, th- I, I think, I think Kevin, dis- that's where I got the, the chasing the Chris packet across yes. the pitch. Take yes. from because, um, as you say, we we got a few players sent off. Well, <laughs> some that, some dubious, some not so dubious. Some dubious, some not so. Dubious. Brian Conton, I think his name will always be remembered. Uh, the, the, the arsehole that day, but look, I remember that game for, for a lot of reasons. There was a bomb scare, so the game got delayed. Yeah, but the Newcastle fans refused to walk away from the ground. That's everyone just had to be there. Standard. Yeah. yeah. When when they scored after the first minute and Brock was sent off, Newcastle fans started throwing seats on the pitch. Probably trying to get tried to get it stopped. Not me. I was only young. And, um, went two down. Then Scott, you got sent off, didn't he? Yeah. For um, two booting fences on Gabbiadini, who yeah. was a bit of a pain in the arse for us. But it was a he was a good ball. player, Marco. It's got to be, it's got yeah, to be said. He, he was, was a good player. He was a great player. Yeah. He, he'd always did damage against Newcastle. But just, just from my own personal memory, the second half, you just come out. And at that point, we had nine men. Uh, <laughs> then Terry Mack was sent off. Yeah. But we'll pull, we'll pull one back. You, your head up, parried, peacock, back yeah. the net. And it just, it, the momentum just kept going. The atmosphere kept going. The support kept going. Hughes kept going. And then it was just, just ran out of steam in the end. And then two late goals. And O'Brien sent off. I mean, yeah. but I mean, lasting memory of that net is, when the players left the pitch, you hold your shirt in the, the away end and you look at the fans of the seat, I couldn't have fucking done anything else today, lads. And <laughs> yeah. I think you won every, everyone over again. Yeah, I think, I, like like we said earlier on, it, it, pivotal games and, and, and sort of moments in, in people's careers and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I, I, for whatever type of football player I was, I was always 100%. I was always all in. You know, I wanted to be... I wanted to do the best that I could possibly do for the team that I was playing. As a, a West Bromwich Albion supporter, I signed for the Wolves. You know, no problem for me because it's a football club and I, I want to do the best. It's a really good football club. And I haven't got an issue, you know, saying that. My pals who are Albion fans now, they all think that I'm Judas and all that sort of stuff because I, I went to the Wolves. But it's just, you just go, you sort of, that game because because the because the, the sending offs were all staggered, wasn't they? It wasn't as if like there was a big fight yeah. and like two or three got it. It was like sort of moments through the game. So it was after so many minutes, and then then there was a bit of a, a lull and stuff like that. But like you say, the supporters don't ever give up on you. And away support is I always think is really really special. I went to Villa um, start of the season when Danny Ings scored his overhead kick uh, and sat my my boys a Newcastle fan and sat in the Newcastle end. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, but I can imagine as a football supporter that derby game was one of them that just brings player and player and uh, supporters together. I was at that Villa game and I heard that you were there and so forth. of someone I know next year, and uh, I just remember being very upset that I didn't bump into me. So there you go. Um, <laughs> we could have done it down there, couldn't no, we? No, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're, we're talking about this losing streak, and obviously this defeat at Derby 
Plymouth winning, we're in the bottom three, two games to gun. Now this game coming up against Portsmouth, if I start bubbling, yeah, forgive us, but because <laughs> we've spoken about this on numerous occasions, like the hairs genuinely stand up my arms. This game. And this goal that you score in this game is for me in Newcastle United's modern history. It's probably if you had to put down one single most important goal, it's that because the club was on the brink of oblivion. I mean, total oblivion. Yeah. And look what happened subsequent to that goal. This goal was there aren't words to describe what what it meant to me as a fan and what it, what it meant to Mark as a fan, and I'd imagine thousands and thousands of others. So the game itself, you know, as I say, as a fan. Bag of nerves in the morning, like I'm really scared, like genuinely scared. But we're gonna, but it's gonna be the end of days for us. This is fans, and especially at that age, of teenager, you, you just see this kind of bleak picture ahead. And I would love to know what what the build up to was like for you as a player. What the the feeling was around the, the squad, how KK was to kind of get you psychologically prepared for it, and just the atmosphere, the goal, the celebrations, just gone for it, mate. Kevin was was his usual. Um, him and Terry and and. Quinny, two o'clock. Normally two o'clock. You get you all start getting ready. You get your gear on. You, you go out for tr- you go out and do your warmth and stuff like that. But it was it was quite odd because, as we all know, they all like the horses, and Kevin and Quinny and <laughs> Terry Mack, they would be in the office watching whatever race it was from wherever it was, as if it was just like <laughs> that's just what it was. Yeah, Guardiola's like that apparently. Yeah. And he, he he comes into the dressing room, he has a bit of a chat, and then he goes, "Oh, we got the two fifteen at, at wherever it is," and goes back out of the dressing room and goes, "We want to tell you again." <laughs> and and that that was how it was. It, it's just you know, it was just everybody was calm. I I I seem to remember that the dressing room was just like sort of was normal. It was it, there was no sort of there was no there was never any pressure with, with uh, pressure with Kevin. I didn't fight. I didn't think anyway. Um, and it was like, well, we're going to win. And that was the, the, the vibe around the dressing room. Well, we're going to win. We're going to be okay. We're going to win. And like, it's sort of, um, that's the belief that he, he, he put into you. You know, you, you thought, I thought I was going to score in every single game under Kevin. I did. I just, just think, right, you know, he's, he's, he, he gives me a, he gives me a, a free run at everything. And I suppose to Gav Peacock about, about it a while ago. And it was just like, he used to say to Gav, don't be running back. Don't run back anyway. Just stay up front. Just stay where you are. And that gave Gavin the licence to, to be the player he was, how good he was. Yeah, class. Yeah, he was. He was absolutely class. Um, but it was just, it was literally one of them. Oh, we're going to win anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the goal will come. The A goal will come. And even at half time when he went, just calm down, everybody. We're all okay. So we're playing well. We're doing all right. Crowder with us. You know, keep, just keep going. Well, yeah. you're gonna have to talk about the goal, Ned. You're gonna have to. Come on. <laughs> it's fu- it's funny because I seem to remember I I never scored any goals from outside the penalty box in in most of my career. Right. And I thought that I was outside the penalty box when I scored that goal. And I watched it yesterday because I was coming on here with you guys. And I watched it yesterday, and I was like five yards inside the penalty box. <laughs> so all these years, all these thirty years, I thought well, that was one of my goals that I scored from outside the penalty box. Right. And it wasn't. So I think you don't watch your, your goals back often then. No, no, it was important goal for us yeah. in our lifetime. I've you? had it. I've had it in my head that I was I was on that picture there, and I was outside the penalty box, and I was a good five yards inside yeah. the penalty box. It was a it was a fantastic goal. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely, yeah. It was one of one of me one of my best goals. I would say. Can you remember Kevin Keegan's goal on his debut for QPR uh, for Newcastle against QPR? Yes, it's very similar. The scenes were like... Verard, well, I'm talking about the actual goal. Yeah. Verardi, Keegan Verardi, yeah. Keegan 1-0, eruption, bedlam. 
Kelly, Bedlam. Quinn, yeah, Kelly, half volley, uh, just half volley, half volley on the rise. Come on, let's make it yeah. a bit more difficult <laughs> from forty yards yeah. inside the box. <laughs> right inside the box. But another memory from that is um, your interview after the game, um, and you touched on the atmosphere. I think it was Alan McLaughlin. You would mentioned something yeah. you in the game, and he said, "I can't believe the noise." Mackie, Mackie said that to me. Bless yeah. him. He's he's. That's sadly. Yeah, that's um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, because I, I was in the, the, the national team with with mm. Maka, and he he said that to me on the pitch. He went, I just can't believe it. He said this place is absolutely ridiculous. He said it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and that's an that's an opposing player. Yeah, talking about the home support yeah. of how noisy it was, mm-hmm. yeah, and that was that was across the board really because it, it it just was. But that was. Hairs on the back of your neck oh, moment yeah. for yeah. for a, a lot of people, especially for me, because yeah. it was uh, it ended up being the winner, which was like unbelievable, in- massive, massive. That 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 goal, I'll tell you that that goal and a goal that Liam O'Brien scored at Roker Park in a one-all draw a couple of seasons earlier. In terms of celebrations, and I'll say it now, despite the many hundreds of matches I've been to, subsequently, those celebrations for me are the ones that will always stick out. I mean, that yeah. goal that you scored. It was like last year's of Rome, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was, it was absolute carnage. It was absolute carnage, and it was a beautiful carnage. And uh, it'll be one of those when I'm on my deathbed, it'll pop at me, mate. So thanks for that. So thanks for that. But, yeah. but speaking of carnage, before we move on to the the well, a more enjoyable season, I suppose uh, Leicester away, going back to your old ground. We, then we're going for a promotion. Yeah, um, we didn't. You know, it was the days before mobile phones. Didn't know the scores and stuff. Talk us through that, that, that last couple of minutes because it was absolute bedlam, wasn't it? Chaos, yeah. absolute chaos. I mean, I ended up in in the away end. Yes, um, <laughs> sitting next to everybody <laughs> in, in my kids, <laughs> thinking I can't go across that pitch now. It's full of Leicester fans. I'm going to yeah. get battered. Yeah. <laughs> so I just stayed where I was for about ten minutes. But but the, it, was it? Uh, did did, did Walshy score an OG? Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah he did count, count as an OG, didn't he? So to paint a picture for the listeners, uh, Newcastle take the lead. Gavin Peacock, yeah. um, fantastic chip first half. Um, Walsh scored an equaliser in the last minute, and then he scored an own goal in injury time, in which the, stopped them the, going up, yeah. and we survived. You ended up in the in the away end with Newcastle supporters because Leicester fans kicked off and invaded the pitch. It's, well, you can't blame them, can you? Last <laughs> game, they've got to invade their own pitch, haven't they? Last game of the season, it's it's just the norm. Mm-hmm. Maybe not these days, but oh. it used to be. You get punished severely for it, you, mate. You do sadly. You lose your season ticket and stuff like that, which is a, which is a real shame. But yeah, I. I, I it, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We sort of, like you said, there was there was no mobile phones and stuff like that. So we didn't, nobody knew the results of what was going on. You know, I can remember towards the end of the game, sort of having, keeping, kept looking over to the bench to see if there was anything, any sort of signs that that we were safe or, and like Kevin and Terry and the, and the staff and stuff like that, nobody knew. So we didn't, we didn't yeah. know whether we we were going to be safe. Um, but then Big Walshy smashed one into the bottom corner of his own goal, which was. A massive, massive Good relief. old Steve Walsh. But yeah. uh, we'll survive before we move on to the, next, uh, the following season. I mean, at the time, uh, Keegan's... Well, his contract was up, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, um, yeah. We had to persuade him to stay. Thankfully, he did stay. There was rumours... I, I think he was always going to stay. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So John's got a couple of quid in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to give Kevin a few of it, isn't he? Well, he said we were going to survive, then take off. Yeah. That, that was his plan. And everyone bought into it. Um, but before the start of the, the, the season, there was rumours that he was going to... He may have had to cash in on you... Gavin Peacock and Kevin Scott, because you were our prize assets at the time. Blue anyway. chips, mate. Blue chips. Blue chips. Any rumour on that? Can you remember? No, anything? absolutely none. None? I um, went back down to Birmingham for the summer. Yeah. <laughs> went on holiday wherever I went, and then just came back, reported back for tra- uh, pre-season. Nothing. Oh. Absolutely nothing. There you go. Nothing about any of us leaving, in fact. Because yeah. Kevin, uh, after the season had finished, Kevin had had a meet, a normal end-of-season meeting, you know, have a nice holiday, guys. You know, see you later. Good luck with all you lads who are going away, your international teams, and see you on June, the whatever it was going to be. Um, yeah, but there was no no thought process of, of Gav, Kev, Scotty, or, or me leaving. Absolutely not. I'd only been there 20 minutes. I didn't want to leave that quick. <laughs> well, I mean, cause you, and especially because I suppose you had the feeling maybe that we're on the cusp of something special, and I guess that ties into this question. Do you know, sorry, but do you know, I, I didn't have the feeling of that. I had the I, I had the the knowledge of that he was going to sign a load of players. Well, this is what I want to get your opinions on when those players start yeah. arriving. Because I mean, when we signed Sunderland's captain, for example, it was the front page of the Chronicle, and you're thinking we've just signed them. He's just captain them in the cup final in Bracewell yeah. for what me. A I remember in the eighties, he was yeah. an outstanding player on the yeah. team. So as those players start arriving, is that how did that feel? I guess yeah, brilliant. But we sort of knew that <clears> because he'd, he'd said, you know, once we survive, you know, the club will be a different place. You know, the the, the and he wasn't being critical of anybody he said but the quality he said he's going to go through the roof he said because he, he said I'm going to get a few players in when we, when, and it was always when we survive it wasn't if, if. Or, or, or possibly it was always when and it was like you, you just I sort of went on I went away um, I think I was away with Ireland then went on holiday um, and I was just it was one of them you were just waiting to find out who he was going to sign and it, as, a, as a, a player thinking right it's going to be a different dressing room I'm gonna to have to, you know, pull my socks up and, and and have a bit more of a go, if you can do have a little bit more of a go, yeah. um, because the quality was going to be different, and like you say, Brace coming in, what a signing, mm-hmm. what a signing Brace was, yeah, you know, what a player, mm-hmm. what a great player, Benison, Beresford, then Robbie Lee end up coming Robbie, in, yeah. but look, I mean, we could do a pocket podcast on this uh, for an hour alone on this season because it was just arguably the most enjoyable season I've ever witnessed watching Newcastle that in the following following campaign 11 out of 11 wins at the start obviously 
went to Borough as well. What a night out that was when you got two in the cup win. <laughs> One of my best memories, though, our favourite memories is the West Ham game when we scored two in a minute and you scored that that rebound uh, the Gallagher and you ran over at the corner and there was a pitch invasion. But yeah. in, a, in a joyous one, and yeah. I was one of the ones who was trying to jump on you when you scored. <laughs> but that must have been a special goal for you, especially because you, as you've admitted now, absolutely, it, it didn't really work off West Ham. That goal must have that 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 goal for me was sort of um, uh, a, a point in my career where it was well, actually, I'm not as bad as you lot think I was. Mm-hmm. That's what it was, you know, scoring against against West Ham. I, and I, as I say, it's I had a t- really tough time at West Ham, and it just didn't happen for me. But scoring against them was sort of, sort of a little bit of a, an inward justification. Really, was actually, yeah, I, I am a proper goal scorer and I can score. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen at West Ham. Yeah. So out, out of your them opening eleven games, I'm going to include the cup games as well because we, we had a fantastic start of the season. What 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 stands out for you? Obviously, the West Ham goal, a couple of Borough, the victory at Roker Park as well. Yeah. Uh, did Liam score a free kick? Free kick. Free oh, kick over the wall. Over Liam the wall. over the wall. Yeah. Yeah. The the man with the longest. Arms, <laughs> Liam O'Brien, and the deepest pockets. <laughs> yeah, he's a fantastic player. Fantastic bloke, Liam. I love him absolutely. Yeah. Did you him. play for him with with Ireland and Tramia? Yeah, yeah. Aye, yeah. He's a he's a great fellow. He's the only person that, that goes in around with two other people and then refuses to buy any drinks for anybody else. <laughs> right, honestly, good he, lad. He, he does. He, he <laughs> sounds like Rob Lee. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you're not involved in his round, you're not getting one off him. Yeah. He, as I say, long arms, longer pockets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just after the eleven out eleven, though, um, obviously standout moments is the hat against Cambridge when you wrestled for the ball with, with Gav yeah. to get the penalty. Uh, what, yeah. what, what, what conversation happened? Or was it just a case of get off? It's mine. Ga- Gav was penalty taker, yes. wasn't he? But I was an hat trick. Yeah. So and you know, <laughs> I said this to a couple of weeks ago to to, to somebody. I was terrible at penalties. Because I used to think, well, it's only it ain't that far away from the goal, so I've got a good chance. Keeper might go the wrong way, and I might score. It was just an opportunity to have another shot at goal. But I was awful at penalties, really, and I used to take them. But I missed, I missed two in a week, one for Newcastle and one for Ireland against Wales, and I hit the crossbar on both of them. Oh, yeah. And like Gav's got, Gav's got the ball, and he's going, "I'm the penalty taker." I said, "I'm on hat trick." He said, "I'm the penalty taker," and him being a. a, a, a Christian. A, a godly person. <laughs> I spoke to him very kindly and said, if you don't give me the ball, <laughs> we're going to fall out. <laughs> but but he, he had, honestly, you could, if, if you saw a, um, a clipping of it when I'd scored the penalty, he massively got the hump because he didn't want me to take it. Obviously, you know, we're all goal scorers. We all want to score. And he, was, he, he didn't speak to me for about three or four days because I'd nicked the ball off him. If you if you don't give me that penalty, I will rain down on you with great vengeance and furious anger. Well, you, um, you got one in the last minute, didn't you? You end up getting one in the end, four-one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I said to him in the dressing room, I said, "I don't know what you're moaning for. You scored." <laughs> I mean, if, I reckon if Peacock had been playing now, that kind of number ten role like that was sort of brought in by the Spanish national team in the late noughties. I think Peacock would have been like one of the best yeah. number tens the, the country's produced. He was unreal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the season, obviously, now there's a couple of ups and doings. There's a period of a Christmas where there's a slight wobble, five draws in six games and a defeat. But I don't think there was ever any doubt we weren't getting promoted. And obviously, Egan's and Sainz, you know, Scott Sellers was a wonderful player. We've spoken about him on numerous occasions being marked. But Andy Cole comes in. I'd just be interested. Was he as good as he subsequently turned out to be the moment you saw him? Did you think this kid can play? From the off, or was he a bit sort of raw, I guess, at that point? I think he was a, bit, he was a little bit raw. But he'd got, he'd got absolute, you know, he'd got absolute talent, hadn't he? And... You, you you know you know straight away when the player's a good player. Like when when 
Bez come in and, and Benners and Robbie came in and and they the, the, the training the training games just become a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The quality is a little bit better. And and Coley came in and I remember a couple of the first training sessions where uh, we used to do five sides and shooting sessions and whatever with Kevin and stuff like that. And Coley would always score, always. And they were all they were all crappy goals, you know, from like keeper make a save and he'd tap it in. You know, keeper hit the crossbar and he'd tap it in. You know, come from a corner, it would be bouncing all over the place and he'd tap it in. And you just thought this kid's going to be really good because oh. he's got he's got the know know how and the luck because mm-hmm. some of it is luck of standing in the right place, you know you make your own luck. I, I know that, but he was just he just got that instinct, and he was he was easy to play play with as well as you know as a strike partner. He was easy to play with because because he moved and he was in, and he was an intelligent player. How, how different was he to Gav? Because you and Peacock had a fantastic partnership. Yeah. And then Andy Cole comes in, Peacock got injured and he couldn't get back in the, in the side. No, that's ultimately. right, yeah. So yeah. W- w- if you could summarise partnerships. Gav, Gav was, was better on the ball. Coley was better <laughs> scoring. Yeah. Box <laughs> so, in the box. So he was, yeah, yeah. simply. Gav, Gav could play, Gav could link the play and he could bring, into, bring people into play. You could always go through Gav in that, like you said, just in that number 10 position. Mm-hmm. You, could always, you could always rely on him, for, rely on him not to give the ball away. Where Coley, things were in front of him and he'd shoot, mm-hmm. or things were knocked up to him, he'd lay it off and then he'd he'd be in the penalty box. Yeah. Gav didn't used to do that as much because Gav wanted to play with everybody. Yeah. He wanted to be involved in in the build-ups of everything. I think Cole is another player who, like yourself, doesn't really appreciate how much he's adored up here. You know, it, it didn't turn out well. Doesn't in understand, the end. not appreciate. Yeah. Doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, adored. that's yeah. that's the right word. But you mentioned goals. I, I, one just popped my head there. Wolves at home. Now that was a scream. That was outside of the box. <laughs> Remember that one? That's the, the, you got two that day. I think as well. that was, I think that was the, the third one outside the box. <laughs> he's counting oh, against Wolves as well. <laughs> yeah. though. That many, that well like, this is it. As a, as a buggy. Yeah. As an Albion fan, yeah, it was, it was always. It was funny because I scored against the Albion when I was at the Wolves, and I was getting a bit of stick for being an Albion fan at the Wolves, and uh, and I scored against the Albion. And it was that was an that was one of those things. Well, actually, you know, yeah, I'm here to play for you. I'm not. I might be an Albion fan, but I'm a Wolves player for the ninety minutes. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, it's you were at work, right? You were at work, weren't you, mate? Yeah, exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. You know, you you hundred percent. You're you're fully committed, hundred percent for whatever team you're, you're you're playing for or you're you're coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be you've got to be obsessed with the club. I mean, Norman mentioned before uh, it was just a matter of when we were going to get promoted. It could yeah, it have was. been it could have been against the Mackhams, couldn't it? Well, you, you said earlier about the the start when we went. Yeah, I mean, we were on thirty points after yeah after ten games, ten games. After 10 games. Yeah. yeah, and you, and in the dressing room, it's like you know, what who, who, looking forward into the calendar, thinking who what game is is going to be the game that we actually get promoted, because we were we were that good in that in that year. Um, in comparison to everybody else in the league, and like you said about the Christmas period of it just sort of yeah. festered down a little bit, but it it was literally just well, we're going to get promoted. The the quality of the squad is going to go up. Yeah, hi. You know, you, you you know from when when you're top of the league and you and you're sort of racing away with it, you know that there's going to be more co- incomings because the quality because where we're going to the quality is loads better. So the, the quality of the players got to go up as well. Absolutely, and quality of the players. Scott said that's free kick against Sunderland, yeah. of course, in the piss and rain. Yeah. Last memory from that is when 
was it you and Terry Butcher running towards the corner and <laughs> he pushed her in the, a big huge puddle of Terry's, Terry's commandos yeah. Terry's commandos Terry's commandos right? yeah. I, went, I went uh, I went swimming down, swimming into the corner but another yeah. great day though Matt. beating, beating the Matams at home you know on yep. the cusp of promotion yeah, yeah. and any any derby win any derby win is is special because it it you know, whichever, whatever team you support and whatever, whatever game you're at, derbies are the best, the best games. They are. Even when they're crap and you win 1-0, they're still the best games because you've won 1-0 and it's just, it's bragging rights, isn't it, for, for, for another six months or really until you play the next time. You know, and the, the difference with both clubs as well, being in different leagues and stuff like that, you know, there's not any derbies anymore. Brilliant, brilliantly put. Ned, um, and then on to Grimsby. Um, Grimsby away. Yeah, just Kevin wasn't very happy, was he, when we dunked the bucket on <laughs> him? That was, you, that was he, wasn't it? And you were, uh, were you having a debate with him over was you were Clarky, but yeah, you'd hear Clarky. I think it was joints, actually. Man. <laughs> I mean, I spoke to Nash. He got the sack, didn't he, the other day, Nash, from... Uh, yes. The, was he in Egypt or the United States? Another, another one. <laughs> yeah, I spoke, I spoke to him. Um, he, he'd actually texted me about, um, about Blackie, bless him. Oh, uh, yes. Was yeah. in Blackie? He was in Blackie, yeah. What a, what a fantastic guy. Lovely man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that it was two of us. Kevin wasn't very happy, but, you know. Well, come on. The, the goal, the, yeah. the goal was... Oh, it was outrageous. Goal, it, it was it? terrible, yeah. wasn't it? It was, it was a bubbler. It was I, I, thought it was, I thought it was lethal. It was, it was outrageous. So I had to describe it. Rolling the key by the last minute, you're on your last legs. I thought, it was, a, I thought it was a scuff. <laughs> Perception, right? right. How we saw yeah. how we heal, so. Right, rounded the keeper and then sort of half sort of missed it. And then it oh, just the angle, man. <laughs> the angle was dead. Oh, we were like, it's a world-class goal. I'm trying to do myself a disfavour here. I think you are. Really I think we need to put yeah. on the big screen. Too so humble. I, I, might, I might change that. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely class, man. I was brilliant on that day. <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard Mick Lowe's commentary since? I haven't, no. Mick Lowe's. No. I'll send it to you. Right, okay. It's, it's one of those, again, they're going up. Here's on the, on the arms go up. Um, yeah. How he described that moment is just, just incredible. And it's, yeah. uh, Mick, Mick didn't know it existed. I sent it to him. And do, you know, do you know what? It's, it, it, remember that game really, really well because we'd got three sides of the ground. Yes, yeah. and obviously Grimsby being black and white as well, it just looked like a, <laughs> just looked like a home game. Yeah. You know, but there was there was Geordies absolutely everywhere, hanging out of every every little space that was there that could be filled. There was was full of Newcastle yeah. fans, you know, and fair play to the Grimsby fans, and um, because they 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 just got overrun by by Geordies. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was like a home game. Yeah. it really was like Great a home game for me. The um, what a glamorous place as well to secure promotion. Oh, glamorous surrounds the Grimsby. Um, no, so no better place. Well, I tell you what, Cod <laughs> Army. How are you? Um, obviously the last game of the season. I mean, you know, again, a sta- the standout moments are just incredible. This particular game, what was it like for you? Given everything that was around it, the fact you're banging a Harrogate, it was on TV. Uh, you know, Linda's form before the game, the stand ganning up. The, the, it was almost like the future is bright. I don't know. Was that a moment in your career that that is a standout for you? Because obviously, as fans, if for us, it's one of our standout games. You know. Yeah. It, well, standout, absolutely yes, because um, we'd won the league and the, the the party celebration was going to happen. And standout, yes, again, you know, scoring a hat trick as well, and and Coley getting hat trick as. You know, and against Leicester, also, now. yeah, and against my former club and stuff like that. Um, but because we'd already won the league. And we'd all been on the piss for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was there was no, there was no training. I can't, I, I can't actually remember training really yeah. that week before the the last game of the season. I just think we just had days off. I, you know, I just it was like I ah, come in and we'll do a little bit for an hour, and then you know we've, we've won the league, and it is, yeah. and it was that relaxed and that sort of um, everything was so calm 
um, because the job was done. You know, the job was done. It, it was all finished. And we're, and we're playing another game. And, and I, I do believe this, that it wouldn't have mattered who we played. Would have beaten somebody four, five, Aye. six. Well, that's like on the playoffs. We, we, yeah, we, w- we would we'll have beaten them. We, we, ju- it, we were just in that, that. We had that momentum. We had, we had such good players as well. It, whether it was Leicester or, or, or Grimsby or whoever, we'd have won that last game comfortably against anybody. Ah, oh, but just a, again another absolutely fantastic moment watching watching you watching Newcastle United. Um, but I wasn't well, expecting it to be my last game. Well, we could have come to that. <laughs> Talk us through it because obviously you know what, what 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 exactly happened. How did the sale happen? And right, okay. were you pissed off, Ned? So I'm driving down the A1M with uh, with Claire, my wife, and uh, our newly born son Zach, um, who's now nearly thirty. Frightening, yeah, scary Madness. days. Anyway. Uh, and mobile phones used to be as, as big as a bottle of pop, didn't they, back in the day? Instead of like the, the lovely ones that we've got now, they're huge. And anyway, I'd got a mobile phone, and the phone goes, and it's the gaffer. And he went, where are you? I said, I said I'm driving down the A1M gaffer. I said, I'm going home. I said, I'm going to Birmingham. He went, you need to pull over. I went, are you selling me? He went, well, oh. well uh, we, need, we need to have a chat. I went, fucking hell. So I put the phone down. So I says, says to Claire, my wife, I said, I'm getting binned off at you. And she went, no, he, he might, he's, you know, he might be, he might not be that. He might not be that. You know, stop being negative. He might not be that. Pulls off the motorway. So goes up to the, gets off the motorway and goes to a, a safe area. Phones him back. And he said, uh, he said, right, listen, Eddie. He said, he said, I know what you like. He says, so don't shout at me. He says, but he said, we've had a couple of offers for you. He said, we've had a couple of offers. He said, and if you want, if you want, you can go and speak to him. I said, are you fucking me off then? And he went, well, he said, I know full well. He said, he said we know each other. And it was a blunt conversation. It was yeah. just because we, we, as I say, I, I loved him. I really liked him. And it was just like a, it was just a, one of them conversations really. And he went, he said, I'm signing somebody. He said, and he said, he's going to play next year. He said, so your opportunities to play next year he said, you're welcome to stay. He said, but you'll probably be three or four, number three or number four. And I went, you know, stuff that gaffer, you know, sort of thing. I said, who are you signing? He said, I can't tell you. I said, uh, I said well, who's in for me? He said, well, Wolves have agreed a fee. Yeah. He said, uh, Graham uh, Turner's a manager. He said, go and speak to Graham Turner. He said, and there's another club. He said, but we haven't agreed a fee with them. And I said, who's that? He said, well, I can't tell you that. He said, because we haven't agreed a fee. <laughs> I said, all right. I said, who are you signing? He said, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I said, Gaffer, I said, come on. I said, bloody hell. I said, I won't tell anybody. He went, he said, I can't. He said, it's not over. The, he said, we haven't got it sorted out yet. He said, uh, he said, and I can't tell you. I said, well, I ain't going then. I said, I'll see you at the end of the summer. I said, I'm coming back. I said, I ain't going. I said, I ain't speaking to anybody. I'm coming back unless you tell me who you're signing. He went, he said, you promise you won't tell anybody else? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, I ain't gonna t- who am I going to tell? I'm not going to tell anybody. And he went, he said, we've got, he said, I think that we're going to sign Peter Beardsley. And my exact words were, <laughs> excuse me, guys, for swearing. <laughs> Fuck me, gaffer. <laughs> if I was you, I'd sign Peter Beardsley instead of <laughs> David Kelly. <laughs> 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 That's what I said to him. Yeah. I, started, I started laughing. Yeah. I went, fucking hell, Peter Beardsley, what a fucking signing. And yeah. I'm like, I'm effing and Jeff. I'm like, what a signing. I said, he's brilliant. Yeah. I said, you're going you're gonna to get him. He's going to come. He went, yeah. 
I said, oh, I feel like not moving now. I said, because you've told me you're going to sign. <laughs> he went, he said, listen, he said, go and have a chat with him. He said, if you, if you can sort it out, you can sort it out. And I'd got a year left in my contract. Yeah. I said, I ain't going without my money. And he went, what do you mean? I said, well, you owe me, I said, I've got 12 months left. He went, you can't do that. I said, well, I ain't going then. <laughs> <laughs> do you get your money? So we've done, we done a deal, yeah. yeah. We've done a deal. And then, and then I, went to, um, I went to the Wolves. Uh, but ironically, if you remember, Peter got um, elbowed in the face. Yeah. And he was out for three months. Yeah. And they signed Alex Matthew. Yeah. And he played for the first three months. So if I'd have stayed, I'd have played for the first three months. Well, I was going to ask you that, mate. Um, you know, obviously, the way you've kind of framed it there, it's almost like the Beardsley deal kind of hinged on the money from you, possibly, as well. You know, I mean, the club could have afforded to keep you on and bring Beardsley, but I, I, can, I can kind of see the rationale there. But... On reflection, do you do you regret the fact that you left? Given what you know, what transpired, and ah, you can't like target yeah. sort of what <coughs> might have been. But ultimately, do, do you ever have you ever looked back and thought, you know, if I'd hung around then, I might have got like the first three months in the Premier League and proved myself, and that, then that, that would have been it. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. But <laughs> what I will say is that in in all of my footballing life, in the nearly forty years that I've been involved in football, you make the decision at the time for the right reason. Yeah. And I was when I went to speak to to. Graham Turner. And the Wolves are a Wolves are a massive club, fantastic club. And he was um he was trying to build build a team to get promoted. Mm -hmm. And how Kevin had said it to me about Peter coming in and the team coming in and the players that he was going to sign to come in, my chances of playing were going to be minimal. And I thought, I'm going somewhere, it's a great club, massive support base. They've got a chance of getting getting promoted. And I'm going to play. Boom as well, I suppose. Really. But yeah, they're not it, playing it at all. It, 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 that didn't didn't really going back to Birmingham was 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 you know was was great sort of thing. But that didn't really matter because you know you, you you're a footballer and you play for whichever club. Nomadic. You you are yeah. That's that's how it is. You know I've I've had loads of houses. <laughs> 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 I've had loads of houses purely simply because I've done all, done a load of travelling. Um, but yeah, but. I, so I don't regret any of it. Um, all the decisions I made at the time were for the, the, the positive reason. Right. And like, although I look back now and think, you know, Peter got his face smashed in and he was out for the best part of four months and I would have played, mm -hmm. you know, because um, that, that would well, have been... You brought him out yeah. of me, basically, and that would have been your... That would have yeah. been you, wouldn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? Aye. Yeah, so, but it wasn't to be, so... And I, I don't regret anything. I don't... I really don't. I haven't got any axes or, or gripes about, about anything in football because it's just... Just what it is. It's yeah. football, isn't it? Point to make is um, we kind of not mentioned the reception you got as a Sunderland player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember the, the game very well. You, you were you were in and out the side at uh, at Sunderland. Uh, I think Reedy was playing on the right wing at one point, wasn't he? Re yeah, he Reedy thought I was a right winger. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a player that hasn't got a trick. Yeah, isn't really that quick. Yeah. And me and Darius Kibitsi, you remember Darius? Yes, Kibitsi? I did Polish fullback. Yeah. yeah, Darius was a right back, and I used to run to the line, have a bit of a dribble. Turn back, give it to Darius, and Darius would cross it. That was that was and your that was my wrong. That was it. So you got that horribly wrong. But you you come on that day as a sub, didn't you? Yeah, um, did, yeah. Surely you wouldn't have expected that reception. No, I didn't. No, absolutely. And I I, I said afterwards that um, you know we, we spoke earlier about hairs on the back of your neck and that sort of stuff, and to 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 have that was was humbling. Yeah, it was really really humbling because you know Martin Carl from Whitley Bay. He he said that at the time. He said, because I'd spoken to him before, and he went, are you playing? No, I'm on the bench. You know, I'm moaning because I'm on the bench. And he went, he said, if you come on, you know, he said, you're going to get a good reception. 
and I'm thinking they're, they're going to be all right. You know, yeah. I didn't expect it to be what it was. It was it was brilliant, incredible. From, from, it was absolutely fantastic, and it was a massive, massive humbling moment. It really was. Mm. I've got one final question for you, mate. The, in terms of your, your overall <coughs> career as a, as a player, where would the couple of years you spent at Newcastle rank? Oh, up there in the in the, the favourite part of my football in life. Uh-huh. A- absolutely. Um, brilliant. I've been really, really fortunate. Um, I've played with brilliant, brilliant players. I've had fantastic managers. I've had a couple of knobs, of course. You can't. <laughs> we need you back for part two. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Lou Macquarie. Yeah, <laughs> Lou, yeah, Lou Macquarie was uh, was not one of my favourites. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, but absolutely right up there. And, and you know, it's if you were to us football supporters, football fans, when you're nine and you're you're pretending, I'm pretending to be Cyril Regis in my back garden. Oh, yeah, you know, and. You guys would have done it with whoever, whoever the you? player, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whoever the player was, you know. I've been massively, massively fortunate yeah. that I've had all of these years being able to play at stadiums like that, yeah. and for supporters who who love their team, you know. And I think that um, signing for Newcastle, as Mionkarani said, was a massive, massive, massive decision, and the, the, one of the best decisions I I, I came to. Yeah. I mean, for for me, uh, Ned, from a personal perspective, as I said to you before, we we'll come on here. Still, still my favourite ever player. And you know the calibre of players we've had since you've left. So, for not, my not point, Peter Beasley. No, <laughs> it's, it's it's you because you scored the goals that kept us up. You scored the goals yeah. that put us up. That's that's my philosophy on your time at Newcastle. It was yeah. eighteen months, but it was a, a a brilliant eighteen month. Eventually, sure but sweet, sure but sweet. Um, yeah, but so sweet. thanks for the memory. Your uncle Ronnie was right, mate. You'll always be remembered up here. So thanks yeah. for your time, Ned. Thanks, guys. Enjoy Appreciate your it. day, and we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.